Welcome, dog fans, to this week's episode of On Second Thought. I'm Kayla Olin from Sports Illustrated's Husky Maven channel. And with me is Mark Pattison. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me again. Thanks. Yeah, we are missing Brian. He is dealing with a family emergency right now, so thoughts with him. And just want to remind everybody that Vintage Brand is a sports apparel and gift brand celebrating the rich history of American sporting culture. Their collection includes 10,000 digitally restored authentic vintage works of art reproduced on apparel, wall art, koozies, drinkware, and more. Super cool. I love them. All November long, they're giving away $100 promo codes for new email subscribers. So relive your favorite vintage UW logos, Husky Stadium moments, and Rose Bowls. Use promo code Husky19 to get 20% off on all products through the end of the year more details at the end of the show on how one lucky listener can win something through vintagebrand.com and it was a bye week dogs didn't have to play a game and so we're kind of just going to be talking about what the future of washington looks like for some of the older kids specifically we're going to start out with jacob eason and so mark what does jacob Eason need to show the NFL in his final two, now three games since they are bowl eligible? Well, look, I, I, I think he needs what he needs to show the NFL is to stick around and stay and play for another year. I mean, I just, we've been having this internal argument between myself and Hugh Millen and Jim Mora. And uh, Jim and I, you know, we, the question I guess is, what do you think he's going to do versus what do you, what do you think? think he should do and those are two different things right so um will he go out and go to the nfl because the lower the money or will you stick around i just don't think there's enough there i mean it's hard for me to understand how a guy that plays three years ago at georgia and then gets hurt and then essentially sits out for two years now he's playing this year um the record isn't the best they haven't beat any any big teams for the most part uh and he shows tremendous amount of potential but that word always gets in the way because potential means something that shows us a lot of things that he could do, but he hasn't quite done it yet. I definitely agree with you there. It's, it's a tricky situation, especially for a kid who sat out all of last season, originally was a starter at Georgia. And now coming in, I definitely would say that he has not had the season that I think him or anybody pictured him having. And, Again, I totally agree with you what he should do and what he's going to do. Do I think he leaves? Yes. Do I think that he should stay? Absolutely. Right now, his 2019 QB rating is 65.9, which is 56th overall out of quarterbacks. He's thrown for 2,472 yards, 20 touchdowns, but 20 touchdowns, but seven interceptions. So it's definitely been the roller coaster of a season for him. Well, I think there's some other things that play in there too, right? Uh, I, I also think that this is probably the worst collection of receivers that the University of Washington has had when you're talking about the spread offense and having multiple guys go out there. Um, we've talked about this in the past week about you know the youth of the team. I think that comes with youth, comes the strength, comes confidence, comes all the things that make um, receivers great over time. Uh, and so, uh, you know, you take a look at those guys down at Georgia or LSU or Alabama, and those are big, strong, tough, physical kids. And if Jacob had those types of receivers, the result might be a little bit different. 
and he wouldn't be ranked 56, uh, uh, you know, in the country in terms of total QBR, um, as you mentioned. And so there's some factors that go in. But, you know, I, I was thinking about this last week, and there was a kid that came through. He's a great kid. I know him, uh, Spencer Hodge. And Spencer was a kid that uh, his uncle had played uh, many years ago uh, for the Huskies. And, and so Spencer was kind of a one-and-done, seven-footer, went into the NBA, and never really established any kind of legacy. And I think Jacob's got a great, uh, a phenomenal opportunity. Uh, he's from the great state of Washington to go out there, play another year, create a legacy, and have people really remember him, not just a, really a one-and-done type kid on a marginal season, and then that's it. Um, you're going to live your life a lot longer as a non-football player. It's nice to have that legacy versus a one-and-done, and people never remember you again other than, oh, he, he had a lot of potential. And you can definitely make an argument on both sides with former Pac-10, Pac-12 players. Justin Herbert could have easily gone last year, but I think him staying definitely increased his draft stock. And then Washington, way back almost a decade ago, crazy to say, but Jake Locker, he could have easily went his junior year, decided to stay his senior, and that almost dropped his draft stock. So what is the right decision? You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. And look, I got drafted. I was drafted in the seventh round. And at the end of the day, if you're a good enough player, none of that stuff's going to matter. Right. I mean, you're, 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 if you're going to play over time, I mean, the whole goal is to play and play for a long time in the NFL. And if you, if you get drafted and you make a bunch of money and then you're blown out within the next, you know, two years, cause you never, you never rise to the occasion. And then next year you're going to have another crop of, of, of quarterbacks. And the next year after that, there's another crop and you never get your chance because you didn't have enough snaps to actually get that experience to have the confidence of these multi million, if not multi-billion dollar franchises they're going to invest into you. And so that's why, you know, take a look at, at a guy like Tom Brady. He wasn't making any kind of money 20 years ago. He was a six-round draft pick. Nobody thought he'd make it. And he just slowly has made his way. And at the end of the day, the money has come from the hard work that he's put in and not caring about draft status and all that kind of stuff. And that's, I, I guess, my mindset on where I see people should go. That's what I did. I mean, it was a different day back in my, my day, but it's just like, you know, play for the love of the game and not the money. And I, you know, I don't know the kid, so I have no idea where his mind is. If he's just thinking about a bunch of money or if he truly just loves uh, the game and wants to put all that hard work towards honing his craft to be the best player that he can possibly be. You make a lot of great points there, especially with, you know, being able to still have all this kind of money and be a successful quarterback in the NFL. Russell Wilson, for example, is another great kind of testament to that. And if you're his advisor, what would you say? You'd say he stays? Well, again, this is, uh, if I'm his advisor, I would, I would advise him on the points I just outlined about legacy, about honing his craft, about getting better. I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm having a hard time you know, when it really gets down to it, why he would be considered a top 10 pick in the NFL or even a first rounder when the team hasn't done that well, he hasn't done that well. I mean, he's not even in the whole entire country. Um, you know, he's listed as number 56 and granted his receivers probably aren't as strong as some of the, the other guys out there. But I mean, it's the guys who are being drafted number one and paying that kind of money 
um, they need to be bringing it and they need to be, um, you know, from the, from the standpoint of the insurance policy, from the, from the NFL teams, they want to make sure that, 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 that the money that they're going to lay down, they're going to see a return. And I just don't see where that would play out. And, you know, my, my hope is that he would just not be another guy that's come through the system that has got sucked up into the agents trying to talk him into it. And then he finds himself in a situation where he's a backup quarterback and then he bounces around, you know, throughout the league um, and never actually ends up playing. Cause I think he's got the, again, potential to be a big time NFL quarterback, but the, you know, the, the, you're seeing Josh Rosen this year and I can't remember the USC kid who's playing for the jets right now. Yeah. Sam Darnold. All world. Sam Darnold, you know, five-star quarterback coming out of high school. Um, they, they were supposed to be the second coming and, and, you know, they're, they're struggling big time. And uh, Josh is, is a backup in Miami and, and Sam has struggled all, all year long and they've got banners flying over New York city, fire the coach. You know, it's a bad situation. And uh, again, it just, it, it just takes a whole different level of speed and understanding and complex def- defenses that just, you can't learn overnight. And that's why the more reps you get, the better prepared you're going to be. Speaking of being prepared and everything like that, if I'm theoretically just going to say that his mind is set on going to the NFL, where do you think that he can grow the most between now and then? Well, you know, there's, again, what, what, what college, you know, if you've never been and played in the NFL, what, what people don't understand, it's the best of the best. And the speed of the game, I mean, I thought, you know, going from high school to college was a big jump going from college to the NFL is another mammoth jump and it's just bigger, faster, stronger. Uh, and, and the speed of which those guys can disguise and then go up and lock up receivers. It's just much more complex than what these guys see. And so you can't really learn that necessarily in the film room because you actually have to go out and do it. And again, I keep going back to this whole thing about honing your craft and there's a bunch of things in there. You know, he's already a pretty strong kid, and that's great. You can always work on his, his touch. You can always work on your, your foot movement. Um, and certainly, you know, studying film. But there's no replacement from actually playing the game and, and having it real time when those guys are blitzing you, um, the, those linebackers are coming in, and, and, and uh, knowing who the hot re- receiver is and being able to react, you know, the, the way that Tom Brady, who – is at the, you know, the pinnacle of, of quarterbacks, but he's able to really slow the game down. It just takes years and years and years of playing the game and really honing your craft to get there. And even the guys who have been playing for a long time, they never get there. It's a hard position to play. Now let's kind of take a look to theoretically he decides to stay and mm-hmm. he is coached by Bush Hamden yet another year. Is Bush Hamden the right guy? to take Jacob Easton to the next level? Or are you thinking a new offensive coordinator is the answer? Or do you think that would kind of throw his progress having to adjust to a new one? What's your take on that? I would like to see a new offensive coordinator, um, personally. And I think he would benefit. You know, it's got to be the right guy, of course. And um, I I don't know what's going on with the team. I'm not there. I don't know the, the, the players. I don't know the coaches personally like I used to. And so I don't have any insight to anything other than what I see on TV and see on the field. And it just looks like there's some missing spark. They kind of had it last year, uh, but the missing spark from the defense, from the offense, 
Um, and sometimes that just takes new energy and it only takes one or two people to like pull the team down. If you've got the bad apples in the room and that can also be a coach and maybe that, that, the, the, the player coach relationship isn't, isn't right. Maybe the, 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 the relationship between Easton and, and coach Pete isn't right. Those are just things, the intangibles that you just don't know. So it will be interesting to see, but they need to change something. And kind of speaking of making changes, there's a bunch of other changes that Washington will see as well. For instance, losing senior leader defensive back Miles Bryant and his legacy. And what do you think that Miles Bryant's legacy looks like? What does he look like in terms of what? His legacy. So for a kid who was a walk-on. You know, somebody who has beat all odds and really taken this young defense and helped shape them into how he plays and the team that they are right now. There's still a lot of room for improvement, but nine nine new kids on defense. Well, Washington, to my surprise, um, I my big question mark for Coach Pete when he came to the University of Washington from Boise State was, you know, he did it in a small market um, down in, 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 uh, in Boise. And, you know, they played a couple of big games of the year and the rest of the time they're playing against other people that would be, you know, warm up games for the University of Washington. But he was able to go up, identify talent and really um, grow that talent. Uh, something that Don James used to do really well, too, is, is take guys that maybe have three star, two star and, and, and really know how to maximize each kid and what they can do. And, and, and one of those surprises to me has been the growth of the defense, how strong they've been in the conference, the big, strong defensive of players up on the front line. And then in the, in the secondary, they've had a number of uh, top draft picks the last couple of years. And, and this kid's another one of them. And anybody to, to, it just blows my mind how somebody could be a walk-on and then elevate his, 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 his place to where, you know, he's thought of as a potential NFL player, um, whether he's in the first round or the sixth, seventh round or a free agent. I mean, it's an incredible tribute to his hard work and, and making it happen. But uh, again, what he continues to do, this is coach Pete now is being able to, to reload and not rebuild necessarily. Um, even with the young kids on the team, they've done pretty well. For sure. And so not really a game, but I'm going to name a few kids, quite a few of them, and specifically juniors. And I want your opinion if they stay or if they go in the offseason. Okay. Well, yeah, I mean, listen, I can, I can, I can cut you off right now. I mean, I just, I, I'm going to have this, I'm, I'm going to say any kid that, that you're going to ask me about right now, uh, you know, certainly I could, I could have stay or go, stay or go. But again, I mean, unless there's like literally no more room, they're already dominant. I mean, I just am a big fan of kids staying in college. And that's just whether I don't know if I'm right or if I'm wrong with that because, you know, the risk is always what, you know, right now, if they were to go, they could be a first round draft pick. And if they uh, stayed around, uh, then there's the entry bug. You know, what happens if somebody gets injured, like that kid down in, in at Alabama, the starting quarterback who just blew out his hip, you know, what does that mean to his draft status? Right. And so there's this fine line of how bad you want to play the game 
how bad you love the University of Washington or the financial struggles that are in there. How well are you doing in, in school? And those are all the intangibles that, that you know, only somebody close to the situation uh, would know. Definitely. Um, does that also include Hunter Brent, who is a Mackey finalist? Right now they have him rated as the top tight end potentially in the draft class. So I, I'm sure it would benefit him to stay. But does that still apply to somebody like him? And, well, probably not. I mean, I'm kind of going against what I'm, I guess, what I just said. But, you know, a, a kid like that, if you're at the top in the pinnacle again, and there's no, I mean, I said this before, which is there's no further place you could go other than just to come back to come back, then it does make sense to go out. I mean, Steve Edmond went out, I think, as a junior, and he had won the Allen tr- Trophy. And, you know, he was, I think, the number two pick and was uh, maybe the number third in the Heisman voting. I mean, you're not going to get much higher than that. And unfortunately, then the, the next year he goes in the NFL and blows out his, his I think, his knees. Um, but, you know, net net is he made a bunch of money. So what, what would have happened if he would have been in college at the same time when those, those same things happened? So he probably made the right move considering where his career ultimately went. That is very fair, and that's kind of something where Tua was talked about as probably being one of the top ones, but now a bunch of expert analysis and coaches and teams are saying that they will now pass on him because this is his fourth surgery of his college career. So definitely it's it's a it's a difficult game to play for those kids, and I definitely have a lot of respect for not having to deal with that myself. But let's kind of look ahead a little bit to the Colorado game. I know Tyson is going to talk about that a lot in the next episode of Dog Thoughts. But let's get Mm -hmm. your opinion on it. The Huskies travel to Colorado where they face the overall four and six Colorado Buffaloes, two and five in conference. Right now, Washington is a 14 and a half favorite. How do you think they handle Colorado's Steven Montez as quarterback? So far, 14 touchdowns, but 10 interceptions on the season. Yeah, I mean, look, this this is a team that could sneak up on you. You know, interesting enough, Colorado has beat, even though despite their their overall 4-6 and six record, you know, they beat Nebraska. I know they're not lighting it up these days, but that's more their defense, uh, ASU and Stanford. And Stanford last week on a, a last-second field goal. And so um, it's going to be interesting. I've been in that stadium multiple times and uh, in Boulder. And the, 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 the one factor that can play in there is, is the altitude. And guy, you know, you run out in the field and everything's going great, but grinding it out that long, um, getting winded, you know, the question is, can we keep up? Do I think we're probably going to win the game? I do. Right now they are putting 24.7 points on the board uh, versus – giving up 32.3. So while that quarterback may be putting up um, some, some points, he's obviously um, making some, some critical mistakes. And, and, and to me, one of the strengths of the Washington Husky team is that secondary, certainly the, the, the defensive front as well. Um, so with our passing, you know, and, and, and hoping that Easton has a big game, these receivers actually show up and to prepare to rotate a lot of guys in because they're going to get winded being at 5,000 feet. You know, I think that we should be able to cover that spread. Let's hope so. And the defense will definitely have its hands full locking down on receiver Tony Brown for the Buffaloes so far on 51 receptions for the season, 656 yards with five touchdowns. So definitely a very good receiver. 
And he's a a big target too. Definitely. And definitely Montez's go-to, but offensively who needs a better game, the receivers or the running backs? Well, I mean, I've been really impressed with the running backs, you know, I mean, just when you think that we're about to be shut down, you know, our running game has taken off. And again, that, that is dictated by the flow of the game. Um, I, I think these receivers need a serious, you know, come to Jesus meeting with themselves. I'm sure they've done that with their coach um, about concentration, uh, about not dropping balls, about making the big play that's so critical in the game and momentum. Um, and it, it, it definitely feeds off of Eason and what his confidence is when he's out there throwing, you know, the ball over the field. So, you know, I'm hoping for the best and Eason has a big game and the receivers step up and then that's going to open up the running game and we can get some big yards. And kind of looking at these two deeps for the game, what kind of jumped out to me was Arifuan Yolofashio. He's not in those two deeps anymore. And why do you think that is? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, again, these are all the things that are behind the scenes that when you're with the team, uh, between attitude, between effort, between what other guys, um, are bringing to the table between scheme. I mean, there, there could be 10 reasons in there that, that his talent, I mean, I, let me, let me go back and, and say this. Like in my day, I can tell you so many players that were more physically talented than me, but because they couldn't remember plays, but because they didn't show up for class, because they flaked out on lifting weights or whatever their off season program was because they couldn't remember plays. I mean, it just went one after the other that they just never hit the field. And so the question is, you know, why are those are there nagging injuries? Um, they all play a factor in a coach's decision and confidence of who can they depend on when the ball is kicked off. And Coach Pete has definitely proven and shown that he takes grades and academics and off-field time very seriously. I think we saw that with the dismissal of Marcus Peters, kind of as he definitely does not kid around. So you never know, like you said. And then kind of one last thing that really jumped in my mind is, and we talked about the altitude, but what about the temperature? Because it is cold in Colorado right now predictions have it below freezing at the start of the game because it's, you know, Pac-12 after dark (laughs) and 23 degrees when the game finishes, how much of a difference do you think that's going to make? Well, the ball is going to be hard, you know, as a receiver to catch the ball coming in, especially with Eason, he's got such a strong arm coming in again, it gets back down to, to really concentrating on the ball as it comes in and not focus on the ball, but focusing on the point. Um, And then, uh, they've now have much better material in terms of wearing gloves to help protect and insulate your hands. Um, one of the things that each uh, college team has on the sideline are these, these heat blowers and they blow serious amounts of heat. I mean, if you're stand six inches, you would literally get some kind of heat burn um, from the amount of heat that comes out of these things. Uh, when you're running around and it's at that temperature, you actually are very warm. You know, you have the tights on underneath, and you're doing your thing, as long as you keep um, the, the heat from going out, you know, the top of your head and you keep movement going. It's the guys really that are standing there not playing the backups, the second string, third string guys. That's where it really gets cold because you're standing there, you're pretty frozen all night long. There's not a whole lot of movement. Um, what I used to do and what our other fellow receivers used to do 
is rather than go to the sideline and sit down on the bench, just constantly keep moving back and forth on the sideline, pacing back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And that's really the key. And if you can keep that, that, that going, you actually have a, a great little lather, a great little sweat you can get uh, and sustain it. Um, the key is though, keeping it going and, and keeping hydrated and everything else that, so the altitude along with this sweat that you're trying to sustain doesn't work against you. Perfect. And then last one, what is your score predictions for Saturday? I have to ask. I think the Huskies are going to put up 32 points. Actually, I think they're going to put up 35 points and Colorado is going to put up 14. Well, you heard his prediction. So don't forget to share our show and you'll be automatically entered into a drawing to win $50 credit on vintagebrand.com. If you need a reminder on what Vintage Brand is, listen to the beginning of the show because they have some amazing things. And don't forget to check out our other Husky content on si.com slash college slash Washington, especially since On Second Thought is a part of Husky Maven, Sports Illustrated, tons of great things. Articles are going out not only about football, but basketball as well. So lots of work going into that. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to On Second Thought. That way, every time a new episode is posted, it goes straight to the device you're listening on. Five stars only, thumbs up only, especially comments. We like feedback. We want to bring you what you like to hear. And so until next time, I'm Kayla Olin. He's Mark Pattison. Mike says go dogs. I say go dogs. Mark? Go dogs. The proceeding was a Howling Husky production.